Hi, and welcome to the Hollywood Dreammaker Podcast. I'm your host, Billy Gallo. I'm a 35-year veteran actor. I'm the kid who came out to Hollywood with 200 bucks in my pocket and a one-way ticket when I was 18. Didn't know a soul out here, and I've been living my dream ever since. I've had an amazing career. I've been an Academy Award-winning film, blockbuster film, hit TV series. You name it, I've done it, and I got the IMDb credits to prove it. Six years ago, I opened up my own school, the Manhattan Actor Studio, where I found my true passion. That's teaching the craft of acting, but not only teaching the craft of being the guy. Success leaves clues. I know how to make dreams a reality. I did it for myself, and I do it on a daily basis for my students. And I can help you achieve yours. Welcome to my podcast. Let's get started. I am super excited to introduce my guest. He's an award-winning actor. He's a weapons expert for film and television, a cowboy, an author, a reporter, a dancer, the holder of two Guinness World Records. I want to welcome the talented Will Roberts to the podcast. Welcome to the show, brother. Well, I'm very excited to be here because, you know, I had you on my show. And when I had you on my show, I go, this guy, he's um, a lot like me. And so I love talking to like-minded people, especially when they're so close. Yeah, I love it. So, you know, thank you for you having me on your show. And, and, you know, I said, you know, at the end of the show, I said, I want you on my podcast. So here you are. And here I am. And I am excited because, uh, you know what, I'm going to start off by giving you props and say, I'm on your show. I mean, you're a legend. And and unlike me, a legend in my own mind, uh, <laughs> you've been doing this business for 100 years. You only look 25. And I really appreciate what you're doing because, you know, there's a lot of pitfalls in this business. We've been doing it for quite some time and we didn't have that. I don't know what to call it. I don't want to call it a crutch, but we didn't have the same sort of resources available. So uh, I'm excited that you're doing this. And I'm, again, also impressed always with your your set and your your theater. And I only have green screen. Yeah, you got to come to the studio. I am. You know, come in and be in person. It's it's pretty awesome studio. I'd love to do that because it, it does look like an awesome place and you and your wife are, are doing it the right way. So awesome. So, you know, I created the podcast to inspire young artists to follow their dreams. If a kid like me can come out from Brooklyn at 18 with 200 bucks in my pocket, a one way ticket and a dream, didn't know a soul out here and have the amazing career that I've had. Uh, if a guy like you, you know, from Chicago, right, you're from Chicago, uh, you Outside. know, a kid from Southside Chicago could come out to Hollywood with a dream and, and become a working actor. You know, it is possible. So for the listeners out there, I just want to know, like, when did you know, when did you first know you wanted to be an actor? Well, um, you say actor, but I'm going to just make that a little bit more generic and say performer. And now I knew I wanted to be an actor, but you know what? I, I, I have to go back to the story that my mom and dad always tell my mom and my stepdad number three or four, but um, I'll go back to the story that we were at the place in Chicago called the Millionaires Club, which is weird because my parents could barely afford to pay attention. Um, <laughs> and somehow they must have gotten it as some kind of like, I don't know, a free thing back in you know Chicago back in the 70s. I don't know how they got there, but uh, they had a song come up and it was like an Elvis song or something. And I'm like, 
blah, 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 blah. And people are like, oh my God, look at him. Look at little Will. Oh my God. Anyway. And my mom and dad said, wow. Yeah. He's very talented. And then the next week was Halloween and I won the costume contest as Emmett Kelly. Uh, but my point in bringing that up is that, you know, I can't remember when I didn't say to myself that I wanted to be a performer I wanted to be an actor. I'm one of those people, I guess you could say I'm either lucky or cursed that I said in the beginning, it's not like I went, well, shit, I can't get through school. So, well, I did that too, but I'm, it's not like I said, well, I don't have anything to do. I might as well just be an actor because I realized very much in the beginning of my career that it was never going to be easy, especially because I didn't have the Harvard or the UCLA or the anything on hard knocks over here like you. And I knew it was going to be difficult. And you know that not a day goes uh, along where that isn't any easier. If anything, it's harder because you know, because of your success that you have had, that it doesn't get easier. It gets, you can have more fun, but you also, you know, we live our lives like the roller coaster. So the point is, is that I knew pretty much uh, day one. That's great. You know, we have so much in common. You know, my first, I was that kid, you know, I was a kid that would perform all the time and it was about getting attention. It was, it was a need to be loved pretty much. You know, yeah. and I came from a broken home, abusive. There was a lot of stuff. And, you know, that was the way I felt loved, you know, when I got a pat on the back and wow, look at him, do the monkey, do that thing, you know, <laughs> You know, and I was, you know, I, I I had my act, you know, I was like, you know, I had seen Houdini, right. We're both magicians. Yeah. And I had seen, I had seen Houdini uh, with uh, Tony Curtis and, you know, immediately I was like, tie me up and throw me in a closet. Watch me escape. You know, me too. (laughs) Yeah. My my first, my first true performance when I was on stage, I played Elvis at 11. (laughs) What a trip. Uh, yeah. And, you know, later on uh, in life, I uh, in my I was 45. Um, I got into Cirque du Soleil. It was kind of a, you know, because I had been trying to do it for about 20 years. I'd run around the world doing a one man Will Rogers show because I'm on a cowboy and trick roping stuff. And I thought, OK, so he was at the um, New Amsterdam, New York the Follies. And I'm like, I need a, a, a modern day Follies. And lo and behold, you know, out of two or 300 different trick ropers in the world, myself and another gentleman was picked and I was a backup. And then quickly I became one of the, we were a duo act doing a show, but I was on the Las Vegas strip doing, and the show is called Viva Elvis. So, you know, all the kids there, I was 46 ripped uh, and, you know, in a cast of 85 top gorgeous, uh, you think you can dance and uh, Olympic people. And I knew I needed to do, whatever I needed to do. And, you know, cause you're extremely physically fit, but you know, I want to, I want to go back on something that you said that, you know, you grew up and you got the, the way you got your um, pat on the back, because this is not something an actor should ever accept that is going to happen every day in their lives. If any, we have to do it ourselves. And that really should be like this where you're pushing yourself along. <laughs> but I want to say that, you know, I think people learn in two different ways. Number one is, is that they learn like my wife, who was born in Seattle. They all did real well and had a really wonderful education. She just got her. She's a doctor as of today. Uh, Just like Jill Biden. She's a doctor of education. Very proud of her. But the point I want to make is, is that she got the doing great, doing wonderful. 
she's 45, so she got a lot of trophies for participating. And you and I, I mean, I got, you're a piece of crap. You're mm-hmm. a piece of shit. And you know what? I believe there's two ways that people become. One is they are, are, are moved along and they succeed because people constantly give them this and they go, you're awesome. And then there's the other people that get your garbage. And you know what? You learn not to be the person you know, like my brothers. I have two brothers. One's no longer with us uh, that literally just became, you know, that just went like this. And I went, here I am. And I use that. And to this day, to be quite honest with you, the rejection that we get for acting just feel just fuels me more. Awesome. You know, I, I am I am that kid. I'm the kid that, you know, you're 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 never going to amount to nothing. You're a bum like your father. You know, like that's the shit I got. You know? <laughs> that's it. And, and boy, was that true about our fathers? Yeah. You know, I mean, he, yeah, he wasn't around. And, and, and my mother was trying to raise three kids by herself on the mean streets of Brooklyn. And, you know, there was a lot of tough love. I mean, so tough that at 15, I ran away from home, <laughs> you know, and I ran Wait, the streets. How many brothers and sisters? I have, I have two older sisters, but, you know, my my. Three. I got three. So we're three brothers. Holy God. I think we're related. Yeah, I think so. Maybe we have the same father. (laughs) You know, I would not uh, doubt that. But anyway, you know, so I had these two sisters that were, you know, like really smart. You know, one's a doctor, one's a lawyer. You know, they they went to, you know, they got scholarships to college at 16. You know, so I had them, too. And then, you know, I was the black sheep. I was like, you know, good. Um, so, you know, that is what truly drove me, you know, and everybody I told my dream to, they, they shit on it and told me, laughed at me and told me it couldn't be done. So it really was motivation. It really fueled me to prove everybody wrong. And, you know, know, I'll just interject and say with that, that that's just commonplace in what we do. And I mean that from every fiber in my body, and I know you get this, but this is not a career for the weak of heart. The, the faint of heart, the, um, the weak and will. It really isn't because I can tell you so many times where I sat in my car. And by the way, I, in my younger years as a professional magician and a clown, you know how sad it is to see a, a birthday clown in a car crying? <laughs> it's pretty sad. And I was a pretty happy ass clown. But the point I'm, I'm bringing up that is, is that I had many times where I just sat there going, why not me? Why can't I? What, what, what is the story? And that's something where I think that actors and performers need to learn that it's really not always about you. And, and in many, many cases, it's not about you. It may be the trend that they're not picking your type. It may be that the person's brother, sister, mother walked in and went, oh, you know what? I want to do that role. And they're like, okay, cool. Take that one off the roster. You know what I mean? It, it's just you, you can't take it personally but you can't take it personally to continue on. And that's the hardest thing I think I see now with the admin of Facebook. I have so many friends that I I did 50, 150 shows. I spent 30 years in musical theater and theater. And you know what? I see all these people on Facebook now and now they're like, oh my God, dude, it's like you're an overnight success. And I want to flip them off because I'm like overnight and then there's a lot of percentage of the people that I know on Facebook that don't actually respond to my post anymore because they see that I'm actually getting traction and they can't handle it because I know them personally and they didn't do it. And I'm not just, I'm not biting anybody because of that. I'm just saying I can't think of anything else that I have to do other than be with my family and my kids. 
but this is what we do and we have to do it. So it's not, there's no option to, stay, uh, to fail. Love that. Failure is not an option. You know, uh-huh. as long as you stay in it and you don't let the rejection and, and, and all the no's get to you and you keep going after it, it's just a matter of time that that right role is going to come along and you just got to have faith and you know, that this, you were put on this path for a reason, you know, this talent was given to you. I mean, you, I mean, you can shit, you got a shitload of talents. I mean, okay. hey, let's talk about that a little, because I, I know in Hollywood, sometimes those special skills, those talents help you get into the door, especially yeah. as a, you know, starting out at young actors, you know, it helps you, you know, I, if I'm looking to cast uh, somebody who knows how to you know, juggle and, or do what, you know, if you have that skill, I'm, I'm going to bring you into that door. And, and that leads to a a screen actors guild that, you know, a SAG card. So how have your special skills, let's talk about how many, you got a lot, you got world records in some of your skills. Yeah, yeah. Let's talk Uh, about that. Well, uh, before I actually launch into the, what skills I do have, I will tell you that I'm not sure if it's because I didn't want to become a waiter when I was younger in my, you know, teens to twenties, or I just wanted to do really interesting things. But, you know, I remember being a half pipe skater in Santa Cruz when we emptied out pools and being a stoner and jeans were ripped and everything and walked into the magic shop. And I remember earlier in my life when I was a kid going, Oh, I really love TV magic set. Oh my God. Love it. Uh, but Marshall Brodeen, I think. anyway, but the thing is, is that I went in there and I'm like, Oh my God, this is awesome. And then I was on a kick to try to learn as many things. And then I got interested a lot into circus and learned how to be a clown because actually a friend of mine died of AIDS back then. And I did a tribute thing where I played Emmett Kelly and my, an agent that saw me that knew me said, Dude, if you could be a clown and you're doing magic, I can have you working all day long. And I did. I wound up spending, I did the fair circuit, made a lot of money. And, you know, I got cut my teeth and I also am a balloon artist. But what I want to say before I tell all the skills is, is that there, it, it is a, um, a thing that I knew that the more I knew, the better and more I was worth in this industry. And yeah, you're right. I mean, many times I will put in my pitch to either my manager or my agents. I will say, look, you see um, 1883 and they're looking for a a guy who's a gunslinger. Okay. I think I can handle that. And you know, as well as I do that the industry would rather bring, you know, they're, they're not, they don't have a big imagination. So if you walk in the door and you're like a whip artist or you're a balloon artist or something like that, they don't need to hire a coach. Now, when I get on as a coach, a lot of times I get on as an actor as well, because they go, well, shit, dude, wow, you're an actor. The problem with me being a magician, a balloon artist, a clown, a dancer, I can, let's see, trick roper, gun spinner, whip artist. I, I always say, you know, I can cowboy. kill him. Yeah. What was it? What do I do? Cowboy. Yeah, cowboy. You know, I always say to people, I go, you know what? I can kill a man with a a whip, a knife, a gun, a rope, and a crust of bread as long as it's two days old. Uh, and but the but the point is, is that there's also a downfall. Two days ago, I was talking to a producer that got a hold of me on something, and she goes, "I just want to tell you. First of all, I looked at the IMDb thing. Congratulations. I can't say much about that yet, and you know." What I'm talking about, I'll have an announcement later on. Maybe I'll come on your show and say it. But the point is, is that she said, and when I get a Western, I'm going to get, I'm casting you. And I'm like, why are you waiting for a Western? She goes, 
Well, I mean, that's what you do. <sighs> really? Shit. So I know this because I used to be the Jim Carrey fallover shit guy. And then I got all my weapon skills. And now I don't get the comedies as much. I get the I want you to kill someone bond or cowboy stuff. I'm James Bond on a horseback. And I said, no, no, no. So I sent her my um, Studio City, which I have a series on um, Amazon Prime. It's a, uh, they're up for more Emmys this year. And I'm in the second season. Congratulations. I, thank you. Thank you. I sent her uh, some of that stuff. And she goes, well, shit, I got two films for you. I'm like, okay. She goes, I knew you had a lot of versatility, but wow, you're like a normal person. I went, yeah, imagine that. <laughs> you know, but you know this because Bill, you you get into the situation where you you're the tough guy, you're the rough guy. I mean, how many times have you been, you know, someone comes up to you and says, I got a script. Guess what? You're gonna play a mob guy. Oh, there's a surprise. <laughs> you know what I mean? Sure. It's good because it can get you in the door. But I always tell actors, first of all, I love character stuff. If I can not look like me, I've got a film coming out called The Redeemer. We shot it for three and a half weeks in Montana, 19 degree weather, 12, sorry, 12 degree weather. And, and I'm doing all my stuff. But when the director hired me, because I was coaching Tim V. Murphy, he said, uh, dude, can you coach him? How much is it? I got 250 an hour, but you have to cast me. And he goes, what are you talking about? I go, Oh, you have to cast me if I'm going to coach your guy. And he goes, wow, that's kind of ballsy. I went, yeah, remember, you called me. I didn't call you. So anyway, I did it. And then he saw me do something on Instagram. And he goes, oh, my God, can I write in something? I go, you can do whatever you want. Well, consequently, one of the roles, actually, they were asking too much money. He wanted to work with this actor that's pretty well known. But he turned up to the actor and said, you know what? Tell your manager to go kiss my ass and I'm not casting you because you've asking too many things. And he cast me. Well, I said, look, here's the deal. I want to do a couple of things. He goes, what do you want to do? So I got contact lens. That's white. I go, I'll need a scar. I got a gold. I searched all this online, a grill, you know, like a one tooth. Mm -hmm. And I go, and I'm a dirty and I'm going to play it that way with a bowler. And he goes, yeah. So I did that and I played it gunslinger gloves and everything. And it's really awesome. You can see it in the film, but you'll look at it and go, is that Will? Cause I'd okay. rather that people go, I'm not really sure if that's the same actor. Cause to me, that's the most fun. And as an acting co coach, teacher, guru, yeah. I, I know you understand that. Yeah. I mean, I'm the same guy. I, you know, I love playing those characters, you know, for me, uh, yeah, I've been typecast, you know, playing these, you know, New York, characters, New York, Italian, tough guys. And, you know, when I first came out to Hollywood, I played all those. I played all the bad guys and all this stuff. And I, and I was okay with that because I was working. I you know, that's what I, yeah, I, look, I, I, I sold that. I sold that to Hollywood and they bought it. You know, yeah. I knew what I was selling. I was a pro, you know, in Hollywood, you're a product. You're selling a product. Yeah. Yeah. I knew exactly what I was selling and, you know, they bought it. And then they try to put you in a little box. They try to typecast yeah. you. They try to say, okay, you can only play the dumb Italian character because that's yeah. what I sold them on Who's the Boss and the shows. And then it took a while to kind of fight to get into the door for the, the other roles where I'm playing a completely, you know, I'm playing a Puerto Rican ex-con from Rikers Island or I'm playing, you know, these characters that are, they didn't see me as, but once I got into the door and I came in with a full goatee and the hair and the thing and the axe and whatever, they didn't even know it was with me. <laughs> you know, it was like they 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 wanted to cast me in the role. 
You know, yeah. I did an I did an NYPD Blue uh, guest star where I played a a son of a mafia boss who was uh, who was gay, who was a psychopath, who killed wow. his own brother, who killed like I, I killed a half a dozen people, right? Wow! And you know, I guest starred on that show, and the very next season, I guest starred as a completely different character, a Puerto Rican ex on the same series. They don't oh, do that. Wow! They literally, no. that's yeah, like, they, that's a no-no in Hollywood to put an actor wow. on a on a on a hit TV series. But I that's I showed him, I showed him the completely different character, and then all of a sudden, now that door opened up. Now all I could play that. I couldn't even play this anymore. I was like, oh, he plays only this. So. Hollywood will try to put you in a box. It's your job as an actor is to show them your talent. Yeah. And you know what? I Look, as you know, I started in 82 uh, and you know what? It's not a bad thing to be typecast because if someone calls me up, because I have a lot of people that are calling me up, but going, hey, got a Western. OK, you know, I'll look at it. Let's see what we got. And I and I don't have a problem with that because, you know what, I'm really good with my guns, my whips, my ropes. And, you know, Westerns are cool and I don't mind doing that. And if I if someone said to me, well, look, yeah, we're going to cast you in a series like I wish someone would, re would redo Robert Conrad's um, Wild Wild West mm. because I and someone's going to steal this. But I'd love to play James West and have the character of Artemis be my son mm. in the actual series, not my real son, but play it as it's his son. So when dad's trying to like go, you know, and, and Mac, I can't think of a better word, you know, trying to pick up chicks. He's like, dad, come on. Anyway. And the kid would be kind of a geek, you know, with the like, gadgets. But the point is, is that if someone said to me, look, we'd like to have you do this and uh, it's going to be a series and you know, who knows, maybe five, six seasons. I'm like all day long. Do I have a problem with that? No, I don't have a problem with that. However, it is nice to be able to have people look at you and go, you are a good enough actor that we would totally consider you for the next season in a different character. Same as you've done. Love that. No? So let's, let's, you know, I want to kind of go back a little bit. Tell me, how did you, okay, you had this dream, you, you know, you wanted to be an actor. How did you make it a, a, the dream a reality? I mean, when did you, how did you get a, uh, an agent? How'd you get a manager? How'd you get your oh, okay. SAG card? You know, how did that, how'd you, okay. how'd you, I, I'll run through it. Cause I don't think you have that many hours. <laughs> uh, but I will tell you that, you know, I, when I grew up and uh, I was in Chicago and then my stepfather said, we're moving to Monterey, California, which by the way, is labeled as the newlywed or the nearly dead. It's about two and a half hours from San Francisco. I'm like, okay, I didn't want to. And for like, I don't know what, four years, I kept looking out the window around fall going, I know it's going to snow today. Yeah, it didn't. But, you know, I really, really uh, wanted to do um, I, I at that point, I was just kind of a stoner and a skater. But then I kind of got interested, in, you know, into magic. And then from there, a magician told me, he goes, if you really want to be a really good magician, learn to be a really good actor. I'm like, OK. So I wound up in high school, which I did not finish. Um, I wound up doing started doing theater and I just absolutely fell in love with it. First show I did was. South Pacific, one of the sailors, which I don't think that song could be doing anymore. Um, and then from there, I played Schroeder the next year uh, in Your Good Man, Charlie Brown. And then I really, really kind of left high school and I Greece. I did West Side Story twice, first time Baby John, second time Riff. And, you know, I really just wanted to go to Broadway. And it's funny because when I started doing that, I could barely move, let alone dance. But, you know, five, 10 years later, 
I became the dancer because I tap and I did a lot of pop lock. You know, we were throwing down cardboard back in the late, you know, early 80s. And when all the Beat Street stuff and the breaking yeah. stuff was out there. And um, I was just heavy, heavy into it. And I was doing three or four classes a day sometimes back in the 80s doing Chiquetti Ballet, jazz, tap. And I am one of those people that like all the skills I've learned that I, I, I have to do things three times in a row or I don't stop. It's a weird thing. I don't know what to call it, but if I'm working with a hat and I want to spin it, I want to spin it a different way. If I want to throw it on my head, I want to make it on my head. Ooh, I did it first time. Nice. I will do this until four in the morning until I get it right each individual time, three times in a row. And so I'm trick roping and I'm doing all this stuff and I'm doing balloons. And so anyway, and I, in my uh, skill set, I knew that I, I didn't have the education to go to anywhere uh, school-wise uh, because I just wasn't a student. I was a straight-up student. And so I basically became self-taught. And I thought to myself, the more that I do, the more I'll learn. Because one of the most important things that I learned young in my life was that there's a good chance that I'm not always going to be right. And the only way to help that is to be able to self-evaluate yourself. Well, you hear it all the time when you do theater, people go, you can't be the director and be the star. Well, you probably can, but you can use that theory and that idea, that philosophy in your own uh, evaluation of what you do. If you're smart, intelligent, and don't you let your ego get in the way. I mean, you, you, so basically what I did was I went, okay, um, I was doing extra work early, early 80s, just nonstop, fine romance, Jacqueline Smith series, blah, 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 blah. I was doing everything I can. Didn't have my union card. Did about five, six years worth of all this, like, you know, just basically, you know, background stuff in Santa Cruz and San Francisco, The Rock, all these different things, uh, Patch Adams. And I was just doing it over and over and over and over again. And I had a good friend of mine, Judith Belay, who is still a casting director, who is um, Jody Foster's favorite casting director back in the day. And she goes, hey, Will, I need you to do me a favor. I did this like on-screen class. With her. And she goes, I need you to do me a favor and do this commercial. I promise you, I'm sorry. It's a union commercial. I know you're not union, but they need some people at a, at a small church in Monterey. And, and just want you to do it. So I, I just, I go, okay, cool. She goes, I promise it'll be like an hour. It was, we got in there, they had a Nissan truck and an Australian director and we're doing this and there's a, a groom and a, and a, and a, a whatever, a maiden group, whatever, bride and groom. And I'm the best man and we're throwing stuff. And the director stopped and he goes, hey, do me a favor. Come on over there. I want you to touch the truck and push this little thing. All right. And just go like this with the buck of the truck. And I go, okay, cool. I did that. Well, uh, about two months later, I got a call from New York saying, oh, by the way, you've been upgraded. Bottom line on that, I made $20,000. Wow. Uh, I went in, I got, uh, you know, they said, we need to tap Hartley you. And I went, okay, and I'm going to become union. So I became union back in 85. And I said, why not? I'm in Monterey. So I wound up doing like industrials all day long on the, on the ocean driving Chevys and, you know, and then going up to the city, which was two and a half hours away for auditions. And I had a couple of agents up there, you know, little shit, but I knew this is what I wanted to do. And so I started taking it apart going, okay, first of all, as much as I love Broadway and theater, I was too old to really go there and do it unless I just did it. And that wasn't going to happen. So I wound up getting into, of course, I was a magician, a balloon artist and so on. 
And one important thing I want to bring out here is, is that when I was in my early 20s, I was poor as fuck. I mean, I was poor. And my parents were even more poor. So when I made money on the paper route, they took the money. But I say that because I knew that I needed to make money. I wasn't a good waiter. I was a little bit sloppy, but I was also a magician. So I was all nice, had tails and so on. And I went, I need to learn how to do improv like really, really well. So I called up and went to El Chirito's, Applebee's, whatever, three, like three or four different Fridays and said, I want to come there on a Thursday, Friday, Saturday, or Sunday. And I want to do balloons at the tables and some strolling magic. And they went, okay, we have to pay you. I went, give me 50 bucks, a meal, and let me make tips. And I had this little thing that said, tips, sure, why not? And I worked the tables and I specifically did it because I realized that mom and dad with the kids were at the table. I knew that I had to make fun with the dad, not make fun of the dad. But in doing that, I learned how to walk up to anybody at any time, at any situation, whether it was sales or people or whatever people you don't like. And I learned how to improv really, really well. And I specifically did it. And in the process, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, I made most of the time 250 a night in tips. Because the more you're at ease and you are not going, hey there, I'm acting, and you're at the table, they're going, and you're just having fun and you're doing stuff and you're going, jump, come on, dad, here, shake this, don't you feel silly? I just started making 10 to $20 tips. But I also learned how to do really good, I learned really good improv. So I became really, really good at that stuff. Point I'm making is, is that I don't care if you got this much because that's okay. You just need to find a way to learn as many skills as you can. And I knew that if I learned all these skills, number one, I was going to be able to work and not have to be a waiter. And I was able to do my act. And, you know, as a magician, and I was making some serious cash doing that, doing the fair circuit, making a lot of money. And I was doing what I wanted to do you know, pretty much. And I was learning my craft. And with that being said, uh, to this day, I now pick upon these things and go, thank you for letting me struggle as much as I did when I was younger. Because now, uh, in some ways, I'm all that in a piece of toast or a bag of chips, whatever that saying is. <laughs> and a piece of toast. <laughs> uh, I love that. I love that. You know, you know, the, the, the big takeaway is, is you, you know, I mean, look, you, you, you learned how to dance. You studied the craft of dance. I mean, I saw you on Ellen, that little clip of you, the dancing dad or whatever. And I was blown away by your dancing. I had no, I had no idea you could dance like that. You know, yeah. They didn't okay. either, by the way. That, that's a little quick little add on. You know, I got, if you don't mind, uh, the, uh, I got, I, it was an audition. It was in like Actors Access or LA Casting. And I'm like, yeah, whatever. You know, not used to be back in the day when we are auditioning, maybe there was a 50, maybe 60, maybe who knows people. Now, when you submit, there's 2,800 to 4,800. So I'm like, there's no way. So I got a call immediately saying, hey, Will, uh, or text saying, do you have anything on Instagram at all that you can show us what you've done with dance? I'm like, yeah. So I showed him this thing where I played a general on this like music video from some guy who was a, does kids albums. It was awesome. It was very legit. And I'm boom. And I'm doing like, I was doing like backspins and shit. And they're like, uh, we want you here at the studio here today. Can you get here? I'm like, yeah. So I got there, but Ellen and Twitch did not know 
that I was a shill. They had four of us and they only got the three of us because of what we, what had happened. But, you know, if you watch the whole thing, you see a couple of people do it. And it's funny when I walked in there, I go, Hey, I'm like late. There's like 400 really hot women in here. <laughs> and I'm like, they go, yeah, it's okay. So we, we dressed me up in pleated pants and, you know, the shirt and the sweater. And I sat, it was funny because I was sitting next to this woman here, this blonde, very beautiful. And these women, very beautiful. And here I am, I come in and I sit down and this woman goes, you must be someone special. And I'm like, no, I, I'm, I'm late. I'm, 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 I'm slate. So I'm sitting there. And then in the break of all these things, they, they, you know, what they do is they have someone down on the stage going, all right, everybody get up. We're going to do a little dancing. I'm like, shit. So I'm over here in the break before he did, because they shoot two, two shows at once. Tyler Perry was on the first one. And so we're doing the break and they're like, everybody's standing up and they're dancing. I'm going, <laughs> trying to look as dumb as I can. And they're looking at me going, oh, poor guy, you must be like really rich or something. So then when they called me up, Ellen didn't know, neither did Twitch. And it's funny, after I did it during the break, Twitch came up and goes, dude, you're dope. Come on, do something with me. Get the camera over here. And we're like, and I'm like, oh, passing it on and, and all this stuff. It was very funny. But it, it did, it provided me with a bit of a little bit of a viral uh, hit. So it was fun. Yeah, it, it was awesome. So, I, you know, you mentioned social media. Can I, let's talk about that for a little bit. Um, what's your advice, you know, for actors, you know, back in the day, you know, models used to carry a portfolio actors. We used to carry our, our, our demo reel, you know, VHS yeah. tape, you know, you know, our black and white headshot, you know, now with social media, you know, it's like, what's their Instagram handle? How do you feel, you know, actors, uh, what advice do you have for actors about social media and how to use that to help them in their career? Well, I'll start off by telling you that I am a PR hound. And I believe that, you know, I've got Film Festival Live and I've got, I think I have like six different Instagram accounts and I'm pretty savvy on my hashtags and how to do things and, you know, what to do. But I think it's great if you know what to do with it and you are truly a branding monster. Um, if you're doing stuff to push yourself along. However, I think I'd spend more time working on your craft than I would your social media, unless you want to be an influencer. You know, I think everybody should have ultimately should have an Instagram account. It doesn't matter if you have a billion followers, you just want to have enough people and inter, inter, interacting with you, engaging with you to be able to, uh, you know, to have a good presence and, and make what you're doing worth the while. Because sometimes I see people and I'm like, this is one guy, I don't know his name or anything, but I probably wouldn't name his name anyway. But this dude does like really pretty stuff and he posts it all the time, but there's something really odd about him. And he gets three people uh, every time he makes a post. That's about it. And I mean, these things are like legit. I mean, he produces this stuff and it's like high quality and he's getting nobody. And it's purely because, look, don't buy a motorcycle and not learn how to ride it. You know, you got to get the Instagram or the social media, decide what you're going to do, and then have some sort of plan. And I'm the last guy in the world to be organized, but I will tell you that you need to learn how to do these items. The biggest thing I can tell, I'm going to, I'm going to bundle social media with something else. 
is that if you don't know how to use this thing and shoot and edit and do voiceovers and, you know, be able to make your stuff and add in smoke and so on, and, and you don't know how to do this or you don't know how to self tape, uh, get a job at Starbucks instead. Cause this is not the business to be sitting around going, Hey, Jeff, can you help me? I got a, or, uh, Fran, can you, I can't really, I don't know how to do you're in the wrong business because as I've said all the, I say this all the time, uh, remember that in the word show business is the word business. This is a business. The more, you know, uh, you see who I am and you stumble upon me in this day and age, the more likely that you are to call me in to read, to even potentially like these two films that I'm looking at, they don't even want me to read. They go, we've seen, we know you are there. Please do these roles. I'm like, okay. Point is, is that you really have to spend day and night, not just looking for uh, or waiting for people to call you while you're eating red M&Ms in your trailer. You really need to be hustling and hustling and moving. And one of the ways you can do that, and I'll tell you, I can name four films that I have done in the last four years that I've gotten because of my Instagram. Redeemer, which is a big feature film and apparently might be going to Tribeca and West and Ruthless. It's on Amazon. I mean, there's just there's a bunch of them that I've gotten because not even with agents, even my agents have called me up and said, why do you need us? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, I don't know. Sometimes, (laughs) you know what I mean? And it's like, I go, how did you get these? I go, well, I'm hustling and then I'm looking and I follow people, but here's a pitfall you shouldn't fall into. So here's the, the takeaway on social media. You should be doing it. You should learn all you can about it. Keep up to date on the trends and what to do, whether it's stories or post or what reels, whatever you want to do. Make sure that you have something that you're doing that's interesting. I am lucky. Well, not lucky, but I am a person with a lot of different skills. So it's kind of cool. If you look at my Instagram, you go, damn, wow, what doesn't he do? But I've utilized these things knowing I'm specifically trying to approach certain people and I want to be seen and I want people to see me. But on the other hand, that's most important is, is that you really need to learn how to do this right and don't involve your politics or your religion or your, you know, I did, I do every once in a while throw something out like today. I'm really pissed off with people flipping people off on Instagram and thinking like there's a picture of machine gun telling his mother. I don't know if you saw it. His mother's going like this and he's going like this. And I'm like, yeah, when has that ever been okay to flip off someone with your mom in the room or even in general? Why do people do that? So I got a little crazy on that. But my point is, is that, you know, you got to keep yourself in the public eye because that's what we do. And with that being said, you got to learn all these skills because if you don't know how to do all these things with this amazing technology that we've had, that we have, then again, I, I think you might be in the wrong business. That's great advice. You know, from when we came out, I mean, I know, you know, I came out in 84. I think I got my SAG card in 85. I think you got yours in around the same time. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, it was a completely different business then, you know, I mean, there was no cell phones, there was no, there was nothing. So, you know, if you wanted to get a piece of footage of yourself, you actually had to book the job. You had to have this guy named Jan Natarno, uh, you know, you record it for you and then he'd get it from a three quarter tape to a half inch, you know, <laughs> and, you know, and, you know but now you, 
you guys have to, you know, the actors out there have to become like little mini producers. And they're really lucky because, like you said, this technology here, you know, you can write, you can film, you can edit, you can do, you don't need anybody. You can create your own projects and you're selling, a, you're, you're a brand. So, you know, okay, cool. Now you have uh, your own TV channel, your own YouTube channel, your own Instagram channel, whatever. And post stuff that shows your talent. If yep. you have a, an ability to, juggle you know great or you can skateboard or whatever it is because i may be looking one day for somebody who can skateboard and all of a sudden i i, I me casting director i say yeah. what's their what's their instagram handle and i look at and there's you doing this amazing stuff on a skateboard i'm gonna go yeah let's bring that kid in yeah so so you know really having you know let's say you're you're comedic or you're dramatic or you have the ability to cry or whatever your your special skills are yeah. you know you want to be working on your craft, but what if you yeah. film that stuff and you had that little 30 seconds of you doing that comedic thing or that, you know, dramatic thing that people see and they go, oh my gosh, it's, you're serving it up. It's literally all there for them. Let's say you got some new headshots, put them up there. Put them up there. Yeah. And you know what? Let me, let me tell you a quick story. Are we okay on time? I know yep. probably yep. Uh, one thing I'm going to tell you, and this is a great case in point is that, you know, back when I, I was a Fox kids club host for seven years on air. And so it was kind of fun because I, I wanted the job for like 10 years. And the woman that, bless her heart, she was an amazing woman, said, you know, I want to leave. And, I, and by the way, I, I would recommend you hire Will because he's amazing. And I came on the show at one point. She was on five days a week and she would do vignettes about kids at Science Club and so on. And I, this was in Monterey or Salinas. And um, she said, you know, well, they said, well, the job's open, but there's 500 people. So anyway, bottom line is that I got the the the, um, the position for seven years as the Fox Kids Club host. It was awesome. You know, I, I was on five days a week. But the beauty of it was, is that they gave me a beta SP and a, probably a million dollar editing bay, which, by the way, is probably not as good as this now. Mm -hmm. And the fact of the matter is, is they said, uh well, we're going to have you write it up and script it and, you know, voice and, and, you know, we're going to do and then give it to us. We'll approve it. Well, I did one. And when I did it, I was like very Jim Carrey climbing on walls. And I go, let's do the science camp. And the demographic was zero to six. And I went, that ain't going to work. So when I did it within a year, I raised it from zero to 13. And I was doing like wacky, fun stuff, falling down big hills, doing all these really great stuff and everything. But I tell you this because that's when I started taking the iPhones, iPhone 3, and I started shooting stuff and doing things that people weren't doing because I knew this was going to be a deal. And what I want to tell you is, is that back about three or four years ago, I did a film called O Matador or The Killer in uh, Pernambuco, Pernambuco, Brazil for 46 days. I was there as the weapons guy. And a funny, quick little story is that the director, Marcelo, uh, said, uh, had his assistant call me up and said, um, look, we want you to coach a couple of people on the film, Danny Trejo. Uh, and a couple of French actors, and the main guy, uh, Diogo Morgado, who played Jesus. I mean, he's pretty well known in, in Brazil, Lisbon, and so on. He's done stuff here. Train him. Well, what find what you find out if you train anybody in any sort of skills, whether it's magic or weapons, is, is that you can't do it in two days. And, they, and they're like trying to get people together going, Will's going to do a thing online and show you how to spin the guns. Well, it came about two months before that we were going to go to Brazil for 46 days. And they said, uh, he goes, um, anything you need? I go, oh, this is the time where I asked you that I need to be in the film since I'm going to be there. And he goes, well, again, like the other director, that's a little ballsy. I went, 
You need me more than I need you. And he goes, well, here, read this role. It's the one Danny Trejo, I think, is going to play, I think. And it's called the, the gringo. And I'm like, okay, Danny Trejo, gringo. You go, oh, yeah, in Brazil, gringo means anybody that's not Brazilian. I'm like, okay. So I did the self-tape. He called me back and he goes, fuck. He goes, you know what? Um, I'm not booking Danny. I'm booking you. And I'm like, cool. So I went there for 46 days, shot this thing. I was the guy who chased around the lead in El Matador or the killer. And consequently, Diogo became a very good friend of mine. We hung out all the time because he was one of the only guys that spoke English and Portuguese. And he goes, dude, I want to do something for you. He goes, I direct and do stuff. He goes, let's take your phone, a 5S, and we're going to shoot a quick little, like a, like a short film. I'm like, oh, okay, cool. So we went out for a day, rented a car, very difficult in Pernambuco, which is basically like hell with flies and then some. <laughs> and anyway, and we shot a film called Signal. To this date, Signal has gotten 15 awards. I've gotten two best actors, one from the Golden State Film Festival, the other one from an international Italian film festival. And it all was done on a 5S. And you know who's in it? Me. And at the very, very end, it's if you watch it, I'll send it to you. It's pretty amazing. Uh, and it's just a guy talking about, you know, how social media has really kind of killed his life. And he goes to jump off of a cliff. And then he realizes that he doesn't have signal signal on his phone, so he can't do it because no one would see it. Sad, but true. And at the end, he goes down and sees a father and son, and they're sitting and watching the sunset. And he goes, what the fuck? It's pretty cool. And we shot it on a 5S. I'm here to tell you about what you said is the absolute truth. The reason why I do Film Festival Live Film festivals are now, they used to be in the backseat. Go back to Blair Witch when I was at the station. I'm like, oh God, here's where we're going. And it was where we're going. And all I'm saying is, is that this, you are so lucky if you're an actor now. You are so lucky that you can grab this. Or I got my 4K here. This shit back in 1985, you know, really this shit would have cost us 10 grand easy. Now I can go on Amazon and have this shit delivered my door for 500 bucks and set it up. You got to learn how to use it though. But I'm here to tell you film festivals all day long. will get you noticed. Listen, the, the beauty is, you know, I mean, listen, back in the day, I mean, think about those actors, look at, look at the Vin Diesel's who created their own short multicultural, whatever Steven Spielberg saw it, you know, look at, you know, uh, the Chaz Palminteri's who, you know, wrote their one man show and, you know, Matt Damon, yeah, you know, you, I mean, these, you know, the, the, but those were, you know, the, they were, they wrote their own ticket, but, you know, it was, they had to, you know, there was a production cost to make some of these things. Now you can create amazing stuff on your phone. And if, and like you said, if you do not master this thing called self-taping, you're not going to work because that no. is the future of casting. And, you know, because of the pandemic, I don't I don't see it going back into in person and maybe on a callback or, uh, you know, a chemistry read yeah. or something like that when they want to see some actors together. But everything's you know, it's based on a self tape and it, you have to master that. So there's there there are resources out there there. You know, I mean, listen, you have YouTube, you know, you can have a, a huge director of photography teach you about lighting. You can have, you know cinematic framing you can learn stuff about sound so you know all of the elements lighting framing sound 
wardrobe, all of it, you have to truly become that little producer and create pieces of material that stand out from the crowd. Because like you said, there's thousands of actors sending me self tapes. How do you, how do you, how do you stand out from the crowd? And it's, it's the work, the acting work, your choices, you know, all that good stuff. And then it's putting all the other elements together and, you know, you're creating a piece of material and you can create your own short film. You can walk that red carpet at that film festival. You can rub shoulders with other filmmakers and have relationships. You know, truly that's the, you know, I tell my actors all the time, don't wait for anybody. Don't you create your own stuff. And I love that they're out there making stuff. You know, they're collaborating with other actors. Oh, this guy knows how to edit this and all. Let's all, you know, work together and create a piece of material. Sure. And, yeah. and you know, uh, again, if you were as a business person, because I remember in my 20s, I also I was a salesperson. I can sell ice to the Eskimos in water form. But <laughs> the fact of the matter is, is that if you if I said, Billy, I want to start a business, I want to start a hot dog stand. Um, what are the chances that you would be successful if you just went to Costco, bought a bunch of hot dogs and went, OK, here. Oh, you need buns. Oh, oh, you need you need condiments. My point is, is that you need things and you what you need in this business is to know as much as you can. When I was starting off in the beginning, I was the guy who was like, they go, hey, would you like to stage manage your show? We need someone like, are you high? Why would I be a stage manager? I mean, come on. And what I learned very quickly is, is that directors are like, well, you're awesome to work with, Will, because you're very talented. But that attitude's kind of shitty. And I, and I realized this is that you need to learn all elements of what you do in business. And this is basically the acting business is you being an entrepreneur. And if you are not an entrepreneur and thinking every moment, like you just said, you, I, you shoot a little something, you do something, you produce the thing. You know that when I shoot and do something like on signal alone, I was in news for years. And so I have some connections. And when I don't have connections, I go to Fiverr. And I found when I make I make any move, like I got a new agent, I got a few films that are coming up. I got press release written for me about it. And then I got it on 400 different news stations. Why? Because when you search my name, you're going to find me. And you know who did that for me? Me. And you know how much it cost me? Nothing. And that's okay. Because this business is about what you can do alone. Not about you're waiting around going, well, I'm going to have to wait for someone to give me, you know, my agent's going to give me an audition, I hope. No, I want my agents to call me up and say what they said to me. You sure you still need me? I'm not sure. Better get your ass in gear, right? So let's talk about that a little bit. You know, where do you, you know, Actors Access, Backstage, LA Casting, I mean, where, you know, you got to hustle. You got to have that that uh, grustle, you know, that grind and hustle. Oh, I gotta, like that. You got to. You got to, you know, you got to want it, man. You got to have that X factor. Like, I'm going to go go after my dream with a vengeance. Yeah. Failure is not an option. There's not nothing option. that's going to stop me from achieving the dream. You no. got to have that hunger and that drive. You if, if, if you're giving 50%, stay home. If you're giving 75%, stay home. You're wasting your time because yeah. you get one opportunity with some casting directors. And if you don't give everything you have, you know, 150% and leave a piece of your soul behind on that piece of tape or whatever yeah. that, 
then then you're wasting your time because that door may close and you never may be able to get back into that door because you didn't give them everything. Yeah. You want to give everything and make fans. And if you can make yeah. a couple of fans, casting directors become your fans, you become a working actor because they keep bringing you back in because you make them look good. They want to look good in front of the producer. And yeah. I know if I bring Will into the room, he's going to deliver. So, you know, you got to create your own stuff. You have so, to get, get your hustle on. So where do you hustle? Well, okay. So first of all, I want to let you know that you're absolutely right about the fact that you need to do whatever you can to deliver and to make, and, and you need to uncover every single stone that you can. It's really not that, it's not that difficult, but here's the problem we have in our society now. And I make a joke about this all the time, but, and I want you to try this for the next two days, when you go somewhere that you're, someone rings you up at a thing, Best Buy, whatever, when they ring it up, you go, Hey, how you doing? Uh, they say, Oh, I got an hour left. I promise you that will be said so many times. Oh, I got, Oh, I just said, I'm almost done. Our society now is so excited about being done with their work. And they go, how you doing? I'm like, I'm doing great. You know what? I got to go back to work. Really? Wow. What's wrong with you? If you don't love what you're doing, and quite honestly, you know this as well as I do, is, is that I actually like the hustle a little more sometimes. It's like rehearsal. I like rehearsal a little bit more sometimes because when I was doing theater, I'd be like, oh, this is cool. I can try something different and do something different. You got to love that. You don't like it. You got to love it. And I know it's difficult because if you're not getting work, I get it. But I have a term called seeding. And seeding is you know, what it sounds like. So you go out in the day and you put a little some seeds in the thing. You put a little water on it. Do not expect the next day to go back and see something because that's where you lose actors every second of the day. Cause they go, I've been doing this for five years. man. Oh, well, poor baby. Yeah. And I know, are you the one going, Oh, I only have an hour left. I'm not because I, I, I wake up at, you know, and I get four hours of sleep and that four hours of sleep I get is the best and most creative time I got. Because I'm thinking about when I get up, okay, I'm going to meditate. I got my thing. I'm like loving it and doing that. Point is, is that you got to go wherever you can. You got to keep searching. I look at IMDB. I'm sitting here pro and I'm looking going, okay, how do I lower this? How do I do that? I want to get something on here so I can go to Actors Access and all these others, which by the way, I think I counted two years ago and I was paying 125 bucks a month. And then I realized, and I started looking at these things going, and now I'm at a level, and so are you, that I look at those and go, low-hanging fruit. Now, they're really great for, like I saw something yesterday, it was like a big feature film, and they want all these great people. I'm like, wow, this is a really good, wait a minute, free, free and a credit. Cool. So I'm paying you $35 a month for me to get free listings. Point I'm trying to make is, is that I try to go on IMDb Pro, which I recommend you get, and they have the job things there. I go everywhere. I even go to film commissions websites on Oklahoma or Texas or whatever, and you'll find listings there. And I'm telling you that I don't like personally anymore the backstages and all that stuff because all you're going to get is the stuff that you're if you need to. You're doing it because you need to build your resume. Totally get it. Very legit. You need a demo reel. You want to build your resume. You want to be on set as much as you can. I get it. Lots of music videos, lots of stuff like that. Lots of commercials. I do a lot of commercials. But my point is, is that if you're not doing those things and you're 
a little bit higher on the food chain or lower, I uncover everything. I'm looking at, like I said, film festivals, and I'm looking at, that's why I created Film Festival Live, because I now talk to some of the top directors in the world, some of the top founders of film festivals, and I interview them, and I talk to them. You know who I can call when I want? Those people. I used to have a show called Acting Up Radio. I interviewed people like David Rappaport, you know, Supergirl, and blah, blah, blah. Lana Vinker, Grimm, blah, blah, all these different people. And you know what? I was so happy about interviewing them because I learned as much as I could about what they wanted to see in the room. But more importantly is, is that when I went to auditions, they go, what's up, Will? I want to be on the show again. Yeah. Cause I have something for them. Mm. You're doing something, the same thing. You're doing the same thing. They know who you are. What portion of people know who you are because you're on screen right now with me. Then they know what you do as an actor. It's all networking. So Absolutely. the more you can network, I don't believe in, just showing up at places and, you know, cause I've been in a bunch of networking things. So if you, and you show up and, you know, someone will come up and they go, can I, can I give you this script? And can, no, you really, I, no, you can't. Cause I, I don't have anywhere to carry it. <laughs> what am I going to do? You know, <laughs> if you know how many people, and I'm sure you get the same thing that direct message me and say, Oh man, I love your work. Can you get me any work? No, I'm still trying to get me work. So don't, that's another social media tip. Please don't beg people on social media because it's disgusting and it won't get you shit. Yeah, that's great uh, advice. So I, if you could go back, right, and uh, talk to the, the younger you, right, and give yourself some, uh, some advice, some life advice, some career advice, what would that be? I, I'm, I'm going to be honest with you and say nothing. And I'm going to tell you this for a reason. I used to think about this all the time. And, you know, I have been a career actor my whole life. And sometimes I feel guilty when my wife and my eight and my 11 year old are looking at me going, dad, can you go with us to Safari Park? I'm like, I can't, you know, I got a film and I love my family. And you know what? I waited till I was in my forties to marry and also have my two kids, because I believe in my opinion that most guys are not adults until they're in their forties. Sorry. Unless that's, you know, they're, they got a job and a career and they're, you know, they're young and they're whatever, uh, not as an actor. So I made that decision to kind of wait. And, you know, I used to think about that all the time going, so what would I do different? And I think to myself, well, maybe I would have gone to LA sooner, or maybe I would have gone to New York. And if I did, I wouldn't be looking at the life I have now. And I can't tell you how much I enjoy my life right now. And my wife just became a doctor. I'm so proud of her. My kids are amazing. They're really good looking, mom's side. But <laughs> I'm here to tell you that, and I, and I know you, and I, you know what? I mean, I, how many times have we seen blown out actors? When you drive into LA and you see people who are homeless and you go, I think that person was probably good looking someday. And you're going, bet they were an actor. <laughs> and I don't mean that to be disrespectful. I just mean that in the sense that there's a lot of things I should have, could have, would have. The only thing I, gee, I wish, I mean, and I was in a relationship before my wife for about 18 years, the older woman, and I raised her kids. And I thought to myself, well, what if I didn't do that? I probably could have gotten out a little sooner. It would have been, but you know what? I wouldn't have met my wife at Fox Kids and her dad ran the stations and I stalked her. Well, not stalking if you're not arrested, right? 
<laughs> point is that, and I've seen your wife, beautiful. She's amazing. She's successful. I mean, what would you change? You got a beautiful wife. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm president of the Lucky Club. And you're right. You know, everything that happened was supposed to happen. I used to think things happened in my past. They happened to me. But now I realize they truly happened for me. Everything was a gift. Everything led me to where I am right now. And I have a beautiful wife, a beautiful son. I had my son at 40. Uh, you know, I, I have a beautiful career, my studio. I get to make a difference in people's lives, you know, on a daily basis. And, it's everything's exactly the way it's supposed to be. Unless you wanted to be, you know what, I guess, and I feel bad that I can't give you an answer that sounds a little bit more like I would probably become an astronaut, uh, you know, but I mean, I I'll, can do that. I'm pretty sure you and I would be great in the next uh, big, huge Christopher Nolan film yeah. about astronauts. But I'll play it on TV, Um, you know, and that's what I love and you love about what we do. My little girl came up to me last night. She goes, yeah, can I talk to you? She's just so beautiful. She looks like Shirley Temple. Now she's gotten older, a little bit different, but she's like a showgirl tall, like legs up to here. It's amazing. Mom's not. And she's like, obviously your side. But she goes, can I ask you a really serious question? I go, she goes, do you really like acting? I go, is this a trick question? <laughs> I go, I love it. She goes, why? I go, well, you know, I mean, right now I'm happy because I've got a lot of stuff coming in and, 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 you know, the opportunities I see it and I'm excited about the things that I've done and I've planted these trees and they're great. And you guys are great. She goes, I go, why are you asking that? She goes, because I really think I'm going to be an actor. I'm like, no. <laughs> <laughs> No, darling. No, no. I, I said, if you are, then I'll tell you, I'll tell you the only thing that I would change is that I wish I could have had a better education, but you know, I couldn't have, but that's also a thing. When I think about that, I think, look, would I rather be book smart or would I rather be street smart? I'd rather be street smart. Listen, I, I got I got some serious degrees in street smart. <laughs> you know, I was a kid, you know, I was, look, I, I ran away from home at 15. You know, I was, I was, I was running the streets, man. You know, I knew I wanted to be an actor. You know, they, my, they, they, the truant, I, my, my school had a paddy wagon that used to drive around the school. And, you know, my school was, I don't know, remember Welcome Back Cotter? That, that, well, the opening credits to Welcome Back Cotter, that was my school. And then I got kicked out of that school and I had to go to another school. But, you know, they literally had a paddy wagon that drove around and scooped up the truant, you know, and like it was a game. It was like, you know, we'd wear like hoodies and go, OK, we're going to we're going to have them chase us today, you know. But, yeah. you know, they were there was like legit like handcuffs throw you in a paddy wagon, you know, metal yeah. detectors. Um, but, you know, they'd scoop me up and bring me to the dean's office and then to the guidance counselor. And, you know, she said, what do you want to do with your life? I said, I want to be an actor. Oh, and, you know. <laughs> So, you know, but I knew I wanted to be an actor. I knew that's what the dream was. I didn't want to go to school. I didn't, you know, I, and then I went back to school to do a play because, you know, they said, oh, go see Mr. Carucci in the lunchroom if you want to do I a play. I love that story. Yeah. I love that story that you tell about the fact that your acting teacher said, yeah, yeah. you probably want to. Yeah. That I was want to the, become a mechanic, right? Yeah. That was the advice. Yeah, I said, I want to be an actor. What do I do? And he said, forget about it, kid. You know, forget about it. 
So a long story short is, you know, I'm, I'm that kid, you know, I left, I, I didn't finish high school. I left and I came out to Hollywood at, 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 you know, 18 with 200 bucks in my pocket. So I don't feel that the street smarts the stuff that I learned on the streets, the, you know, I'm, I'm, I educated myself, you know, the school of hard knocks, you know, let me interject something on that, that I think is kind of funny, but you know, I've got my boy who's eight, who's just like me. He's definitely a mini me and my girl, but I have to tell you something that my wife can't catch or my mother and father-in-law can't catch is that when my kids are asked a question, I look at them and I go, you know, that answer you just gave me, they go, yeah, no. Look me right here and say it again. You're lying. And you know how I know you're lying? Because I grew up lying. I grew up lying as a job. I grew up lying. I grew up stealing. You know, am I proud? No. But, I, you know, I'm south side of Chicago. My parents moved so many times. I moved 15 times before I was 10. People would go, oh, your dad military. I go, no bad checks. Funny, but true. <laughs> but the point is, is that, you know what I say? I say, you can't get that in book knowledge. Mm-hmm. You can't get when you look at someone. And that comes with acting, too. When you look at someone and, you go, and they go, I really love you. And you go, I don't think you do. And my kids say something to me. I go, come on, Brand. It's my boy's name. You're lying to me. Well, why are you saying I'm not really? Look at me again and tell me. I'm your dad. I love you. And it's okay. I'm not going to beat you because apparently you go to jail nowadays. <laughs> Tell me that, that you're not. Okay, well, I'm sorry. Stop lying to me. But I say to you and anybody out there that grew up in that situation, hey, I love, I think school is great. I wish I could have school. I probably would have been a very successful, either a stockbroker or a real estate person making trillions of dollars. But I'm okay with the way things turned out. And I used to be so excited when I was in my teens to my 20s. I would say people would come and ask me advice, which is weird because I don't know why they would. And I would say I can tell you exactly who a person is by the way they say hello. And I mean that. And I still mean that is that when I talk to someone, I can tell you if you because when you go to 15 different schools in the course of 10 years, um, you get bullied a lot. And you also understand the class clown, you understand who the, 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 you know, the prom king and queen are, you understand who the smart kids are, you understand who the stoners are, you understand all the different people. So when you go to a different school, it's just a different mask. And you go, there's that person, that person. And I remember when I was in Chicago, and I would go to different schools, I was always the kid that was picked last until I was fierce enough to get in there jump in front of everybody. I used to run back and forth to school every day because I was being chased. But you know <laughs> what? Seriously, but I was fucking fast and I was great. I was good at baseball. I was good at everything, but no one knew it. So I made it my task to grow up with my brothers who beat me up all the time anyway. And I made it my task to be able to become the first person picked on the team. And that worked out. My point is that we have so many things that we are given And, you know, I I can look back and tell you that I'm pretty darn happy that some of the things happened in my life. I wish better for my family members that, you know, didn't do so well. But all you can do is take care of yourself and the people in your own little circle. Love that. You know, for me, it's, you know, my mess is my message. All that stuff, you know, I, I, you know, I deal with actors all the time, everybody, they're all going through stuff. And I've been there. (laughs) I know how to get out of that. I know, you know, I've been there. So, you know, I'm, I'm grateful for all that stuff. 
And, yeah. and I, and I get it. It was, it was, everything was a gift. Yeah. And Hey, you know what, if you survived the eighties and, and <laughs> if you survived the eighties, which um, was a very tough time, if you, if you're an actor and uh, you know what I mean, Studio 54 style, then you deserve to be an actor now. Well, listen, I, I the 80s were the 80s were good. You know, I mean, listen, wow. I was the kid that I had. Yeah. The 80s. I had my own. I had my own TV series you know, in the 80s. Yeah. So, the, you know, the kid who came out to Hollywood with 200 bucks and a one way ticket, you know, both of my sisters were up in college and they were studying or whatever. But I was making series regular money. <laughs> wow. You know, and it was like, oh, okay. Remember me, the guy that wasn't going to amount to anything? Yeah. Yeah. How do you like so, me now? How do you like how me, how me now? now? Um, one question for you, if you don't mind me asking, is that, you know, as an actor now, um, are you still, do you still have to work towards trying to get people not to see you as the, you know, the thug? Are you still working like that? Or, uh, or how is that uh, done for your career now? Yeah, I haven't played a thug and you know, I, I now I play police officers, uh, firefighters, uh, you know, the, I play the good guys now. <laughs> I, I, I made a career playing wow. bad guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Julia, you know, and, 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 and as I've gotten older, you know, I, I, I play the good guys now and I, and I'm, I'm good. I'm good with that. I mean, I like playing the bad guys, better. I would love to do a Western. I'd love to ride a horse and, you know, shoot some guns. You know, if somebody came with me to that, I'd be excited to do a, a project like that. You know, oh, well, that, I, I have I never keep, done it. I will keep my, you know, what's funny is, is that the last five actors that I've talked to uh, that are uh, good friends as you, they all say the same thing. Oh, I would love to do a Western. I go, well, let me look out for one. Uh, Cause I tend to get those thrown in my lap, but I will tell you this, and this is, you know, off the record for anybody listening, but um, I'm being talked to about a mob film and you know what? I'm bringing your name into the equation. So big feature film. So, uh, uh, so anyway, I'm going to I'm going to pull your information in there because somehow I think you'd be really good as uh, maybe my brother in a mob film. You know, yeah. The, the biggest problem I found recently with those roles, I mean, I've been offered a couple of roles, but I, I actually turned them down is is because I got my head's buzzed. And a lot of these projects takes place in the 70s. And, you know, mob guys didn't wear their hair like this so unless they got a really good wig for me. It's a, it's a, it's a hard sell. <laughs> yeah. that's good wow i didn't think about that part but what about a hat anyway I well i can't listen i can't thank you enough for jumping on the podcast and, and sharing your wisdom and your knowledge um so you know what's next you what do you what do you what do you what do you, what do you want to promote you know i i again i got some things coming up here in the future that i can bring up but you know what i gotta tell you that i'm really kind of lucky and i just got word on sunday another film i booked five films in the last month wow congrats yeah, I'm pretty happy. And, you know, I got a good momentum. You know, the sad thing that happened was during uh, December of last year into January is my agent, who I just loved him, uh, Michael Gerard, who uh, I've got Esprit Agency, my agent for like four years. And I never I never booked anything. I got pinned. I got called back a lot from John Papsidera. But, you know, the sad thing is that he passed away from COVID. And he was a guy that you he would get on the phone and go, Will, I got an audition for you. Check your actors access for John. Yeah. Well, I talked to him right after Christmas. He's like, yeah, how are you doing? And then we went to lunch a couple of times. Well, then I couldn't get a hold of him. And unfortunately, in the beginning of January, he uh, lost that battle to COVID. Wow. And, um, you know, he passed away. And the sad thing is that I got a big studio film and it was through his audition and he didn't even know I booked it. Wow. 
Yeah, but you know, Sorry. if you believe in an Almighty and you believe people are up in heaven, I bet he's down there going up there going. Uh, here you go. Yeah, he's smiling. You know, and so with that being said, uh, it's it, I, I now feel I feel good because I've got a really good momentum and the films I've booked, which include Netflix and Amazon and some other streaming services and some other just features in film. I think things are looking really good. So I feel good about it. And uh, it, it's it's a, it, I want to say it's about time. I'm saying, yeah, it's my time. Love that. And thank you for having me on your show uh, anytime uh, because, and I will call you back on, on my show as well, Film Festival Live, just because, you know, to me, this is not, this is not, a, you know, a, a, what do you call it? A, a Hollywood interview type of show. This is more, like you said, come on and let's talk. And hey, if I can sit around and talk to you about the business and, and we can talk about some of the things we should have, could have, would have, and we did, and now here we are. I think that is probably one of the most golden opportunities for actors nowadays that we didn't have back then. There was no YouTube. You couldn't come on in here and listen to us. Maybe you could watch it in some PBS special when you were uh, our age back in the 80s. But you couldn't find this type of stuff to learn from. And like I said, my whole theory of my career has been based upon learning how to self-evaluate. With that being said, you know what? I, I listened to, I just did a really big film. I listened and studied the person I, I'm in this film as, and I couldn't have had this stuff back 20, 30 years ago. I would have had to read. Holy shit. <laughs> yeah. So we have Listen. lots of great opportunities. That and do your own shit. That's the reason why I do what I do. You know, I just wish when I came out, there was somebody like me who could have pointed me in the direction, the right path. And that's what I, that's what I do. I'm the guide. I mean, that's why I created this podcast because if there's one person, one listener somewhere in the world that listens to this and gets these golden nuggets and takes them and applies them and, and it helps them get to their career further, faster than I've done my job. I don't want to leave this planet without leaving my 44 years of wisdom and knowledge in this business in my head, man, I want to leave it for the next person. I want to put my hand out and go, come on, this is the way, this is the path. Yeah. And, and you're right. I mean, you know what I, I, I do, I will say that I think about that quite often thinking to myself, well, if I would have known things before, I probably could have done something different. But a lot of times I kind of think that you're, I mean, you had a very good success in your younger days. Luckily, I will say that to your benefit is, is that you didn't end up like most do. Mm -hmm. And we all know that. And I make the joke all the time. People go, what, what do you feel about your success? I'm like, well, I'm still going. Uh, but what I will tell you is, is that I would rather be a late bloomer than an early burnout. You know what I mean? Listen, um, it, it wasn't my time. Yeah. Like I, I, I was that kid running around Hollywood in the eighties, you know, in, in that circle, you know, I was there when river Phoenix died. I was, you know, I, you know, Brad Renfro, you know, uh, I mean, I, I could rattle off a, a dozen actors, you know, that, that I've worked with, that I've known that I've hung out with that, you know, they're no longer around or they're really a mess. So, um, yeah. So and this industry uh, and, you know, again, I would say in my closing statements to you, and as you to say to everybody listening out there is, is that 
you know, you need to learn as much as you can about this industry. I, I, people always say, don't, you know, learn other things and, and have a life and so on. But, you know, this is what I've done. Eat, lead, live, breathe, whatever, for pretty much most of my life. But what I will tell you is, is that you need to learn to be able to um, be resilient and to make friends that aren't going to just try to sabotage you. Because as you know, when you start getting more opportunities and people start noticing you more, you tend to get people that are in industry, industry that do tend to try to sabotage you. So try to keep your head on straight because it's so difficult nowadays, especially nowadays, for people to go off the deep end physically and mentally, especially in this industry, because you're not ever going to get those people, even if you do get one one day where they go, you're awesome. The next day, they're not going to remember who you are. So get the skills, get as many skills as you can coming from the guy who does so many skills, because you'll never have anything where you're looking for a job if you have enough skills and in the industry or in the creativity that you love to do. Find that passion. Do what you love to do most. If you love to educate people, if you love to speak to people, do it every single day because it is the water that grows the, the, the passion that you have. Amen. Love that. Well, thank you so much. Thank you. I appreciate your time. And uh, we got to get together for lunch soon. A absolutely. Let's do that. All right. Thanks, everybody. I appreciate your time. By the way, you can see my Instagram up there as well, Robert's Official. <laughs> hey, thanks for listening to the show. Please rate, review, share this with your friends. Subscribe if you haven't. Please take whatever you get from here, the golden nuggets, and apply them to your career. Go after your dreams with passion. Don't let anybody tell you it can't be done. I believe in you. Follow your dreams. I'll see you in Hollywood.